Welcome again, everyone, to the Two Toms Talk and Travel podcast. We are the official travel experts here in Podcast Town. And if you don't believe us, just ask the mayor. Ready to get down to business and talk some travel, Tom? And let's do it. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Two Toms Talk and Travel, episode number eight. Ocho. Ocho, the Ocho. It's like ESPN Ocho. I feel like that's kind of where they're going to find. Ocho. That's where you're going to find our show is on ESPN Ocho. That matches the number of listeners we have. Ocho. Right. We've decided to go, what, one listener per episode? Yeah, that's our goal. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's tough a, to control yeah, this. It's a slow build. I will tell you, though, speaking of slow builds, we have been slowly building pretty much a pretty, I'm going to say a damn good podcast. We have. I hope you guys are loving it because, yeah, we love doing it. We do. We really do. It's what we do, man. Yeah, energizing. Yeah. A lot of fun to do. A lot it of great is. guests, a lot of good podcast talk. Speaking of great guests, man, speaking yeah. of great guests, today is going to be one of our more visually stimulating destination. Reps is a bad word, but spokespersons. But on today's episode, we, we have Robin Basso. Yeah, no doubt. It's all about Hawaii today, all about the Aloha spirit. And yeah, Robin does such a phenomenal job representing that destination. And she knows everything about it. And her passion, knowledge is one thing. I mean, there's a lot of smart people out there that can't quite get the message across because they're so smart. Mm -hmm. But Robin knows so much about Hawaii, but yet the passion she brings that she portrays and just kind of sends to you. I mean, I'm excited for our listeners to be able to, if they're interested in Hawaii, even if you're not, I almost, I almost challenge you, even if you're not interested in Hawaii, Listen to this because I guarantee you, you're going to be interested in Hawaii. Yeah, no doubt. It's in her DNA for sure. We've all had a lot of experiences working with her. So looking forward to talk with her. That's going to be fantastic. Absolutely. So Tom, it's been a while. We haven't been at the desk or the helm in quite a while. We've been busy though. We got a lot going on. You know, hey, the world is continuing to open up and both of us kind of had a chance to hit the road together. That was something, wasn't it? it? Oh my gosh. You and I in Destination How much time do you got? Well, you know what? Let's talk a little bit about that experience yeah. of you and I traveling. First of all, just to kind of bring everybody up to speed, Tom and I were down in Mexico in October, I'm assuming, right? For a few days for a business event. And again, we were able to spend some time with the hoteliers, with some other travel agents. And I'm going to say this again, because sometimes I forget about it. We're lucky. I mean, we work with so many great people. And when I say great people, I'm talking travel agents. There are so many great travel agents out there. And Tom and I, like, we'll do our, our shameless plug. Tom Carnes, La Machia Travel. Tom Russo, Sensational Beach Vacations. So we do our plug, but if for some reason you don't like the name Tom, and yeah. you're looking for another travel agent, yeah. there's so many out there. I mean, work, if you're vacation, if you're, you're looking to, you know, and, and it's okay to kick the tires on a few travel agents, but if you really want the best value and the best experience is work with a travel agent. And that's me on my soapbox, so I don't yeah, know. No. If- yeah, no, absolutely. And while we were down in Mexico, we had that chance. We had a really good business meeting and we're always trying to learn, always trying to brainstorm, always trying to be better. And that's what's required in our industry. It's not one and done thing where you dub yourself a travel agent and your job is done. Some people think that, that changes though. every day. But where it's continuing education. I mean, that's really why we were down there. Yep, Continuing exactly. education to learn about the actual firsthand experience of traveling during this pandemic, to see what the hotels are doing to handle the pandemic and the cleanliness and all the different processes that they have. Because at the end of the day, all us travel agents come back and you as a consumer, when you work with a travel agent, you should expect that we make your travel that much more, it's just simple. 
So you are, yeah. yeah, simple. And well, and so that leads me to this next segue. So Tom and I got to greatly expand our base of knowledge for the future <laughs> because as the business meeting was wrapping up, the winds were picking up and we had the opportunity to experience our very first hurricane. At least it was mine. Mine as well. Yeah. So uh, while we were down there, Hurricane Zeta rolled in. Hello, Zeta. Hello, we Zeta. Brought, you know what? We greeted you and I greeted her really uh, well. We did. We? Yeah, no, we did. And it is the first time since 2005 that there's been so many hurricanes out there in the Pacific and, and some Atlantic too, but that they got into the Greek alphabet. Right. Yeah. So that's why it's named Zeta. Zeta is a letter in the Greek alphabet. And I know that because of my days in the Teak fraternity back at Carroll University, I memorized that Greek alphabet <laughs> under duress. <laughs> I'm sure. So it's it, paying off for you. Yeah. I'm like, I, Zeta, I must be something. That's why I know that. Yeah. So, anyways, too much unnecessary knowledge there. But uh, so Tom and I got to experience what that was all about. And we had a great evening kind of rolling into it because it kind of took a while for it to show up. But right around midnight, things Whoa. started getting pretty intense. Let's back up a little bit. Let's so here's how our day goes. Okay. Here's some information for everybody out there on how a hurricane is handled by the resorts. Throughout the day, you get messages and they start saying, okay, the restaurant's going to close at this time. We're going to send some employees home at this time. We will deliver boxed lunches or boxed dinners to your room. We're going to keep you in check. Most hotels now have an app on the phone that you can follow. And we had an app on ours and it told you, you know, stay in your room until such and such a time. Don't move on such and such a time. The hotel resort we were at had five floors, I believe. And they evacuated the fifth and the fourth floor. They moved those people all the way down to the lower floors. I was on the third floor, which during a hurricane felt like the 90th floor. We'll come to that. But they communicate with you. They try to give you as much update as possible as, on what's going on. And what I found interesting is I raided my refrigerator of the beers and the tequila. And I went down to Tom. Tom was one of the guys that had to go down to the first or second floor. And so I knock at the door. I got a bucket of beer and a bottle of tequila and a couple of cigars in my hand. And I'm like, hey, man, let's greet Zeta like this. Yes, it was a very interesting, surreal kind of evening experience leading up to it. So it's something I'll always remember. Just yeah. kind of sitting out on the balcony, listening to music. Power hour. Power hour. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yes, YouTube power hours, ladies but and gentlemen. Little by little, the winds kept picking up and the sway of the palm trees and the intensity just continued to grow. So the tequila was gone and the yeah. beer was empty. And I said, yeah. I bid you adieu at about <laughs> nine o'clock exactly. or nine thirty at night. But it definitely did pick up in intensity. And like I said, right around midnight, it was relentless and it was intense and it was an amazing experience to see that type of powerful weather coming through for that many hours. And that's the key. If somebody asked me, what would you take away from your experience in a hurricane? I say the first thing that really kind of stuck in my mind is the length of time. I mean, we've all been in storms. We've been potential tornado warnings and the winds pick up and whatnot, but that blows through. This was eight to 10 hours solid of 80 mile an hour winds and it doesn't give up. So in a hotel, your door is on the backside of the hotel and your sliding door and your patio is towards the ocean. So as I'm sitting in my room, like I said, I felt like I was on the 90th floor. On my patio, you hear the wind blowing and the trees and the waves. You just hear it constant. But the eeriest thing I thought was on the backside of the resort where I came in was this whistle that never stopped. And it was just the intense of the wind and it was the eeriest whistle Still, it gets me a little nervous there, but the resort knows what they're doing. 
there were chairs and beach beds blown into the pool. Yeah, my patio mattress blew away from the beach bed, but it was really something to experience. And you know, now that I've checked that box, I think I'm good on that. And strangely, it is really the first time that I've been in that situation where hurricane arrives while you're in destination. But for our listeners, the good thing is that it is not the first rodeo for these resorts. And they have a very specific protocol in place. They have a communication plan in place. They have a way to get food and water out to people to make sure that, you know, you have that opportunity. And then one of the amazing things, Tom and I kind of rallied and got out of our rooms about 10 o'clock the next morning, 10.30 the next morning, and just went on a walk around because they didn't want a lot of guests wandering around the resorts for their own safety. But there was just an army of staff members there at the resorts picking up branches, cleaning things up. Their sense of urgency to get the resort back to fully operational you know, was huge. Their commitment to, I want to just point out, their commitment to the safety and the protocol of the pandemic and COVID stuck out in my head more than anything at about nine o'clock in the morning. I went out on my balcony. Again, nine o'clock in the morning, we're still suffering from, I mean, there are 40 mile an hour wind still and a little bit of rain. But the, for the most part, the hurricane had passed through. But like they say with a hurricane, when the, the eye is on you, it's still all the damage is from the circus. So as it's moving its way out, it's still blowing. And I looked down in the pool from my 90th floor, which was actually a third floor. And here are two of the resort's employees in the pool, pulling chairs out, pulling mattresses out, pulling palm tree leaves out. But the thing that struck me the most is they're both wearing masks. They're still wearing their COVID masks. And I'm thinking, wow, I mean, that's commitment right there. Because if I was doing that job, I'd be like, I can't keep this mask on. I, but nope, they were masked up. They were doing their thing. And it just proves how important to the resort the proper protocol to follow is. Right. No, exactly. So as we kind of wandered from our room, just to kind of go check things out, and we were looking for food, coincidentally, the restaurant that we were headed towards was opening right about that time. I think they opened at 11 o'clock. And I just have to say that all the staff was there. They were prepping food. They had a grill going. Seriously, let's give a shout out to El Dorado Seaside. I mean, that yeah. is where we were. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we were remiss in saying who we, El Dorado Seaside is one of the Charisma properties. Shout out to them. Yeah. And the staff, the friendliness and their approach to things, it was like nothing ever happened. I mean, they just wanted you to feel welcome. And then what blew me away as we were sitting there eating breakfast and finishing up, and all of a sudden this band rolls in. Right. Right. They got their all their equipment and speakers. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But the, the hurricane just ended like two hours ago and they're already setting up a band. Yeah. And obviously these people came from their homes. They had a gig and they were showing up. And they knew, they knew that everybody in that restaurant needed a big shot of Sweet Caroline. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because people were stressed. People haven't eaten. Plus they were stressed out because the bars were closed and they were out of alcohol. And so really just kudos in, in terms of how it was handled. But I do know now for my clients' purposes and for travelers out there in general, having been through it really gives you a sense of what to expect yeah. and how to advise. Yeah. And what to expect is something that is truly up in the air, no pun intended, blowing in the wind right now because there's so much with this COVID and with the numbers going up. And hey, we got a new president, basically. I mean, it's not official official, but I think it's Facebook official. So that's good enough, right? But up in the air, we really, even with the president, I mean, from a travel standpoint to our listeners out there, we're keeping our eyes open on what does this mean for you? Is this going to open things up quicker? And as we do this show, it's still a little too early to tell, but Tom and I at breakfast this morning, Tom's like, hey, one of the things that you think it's going to happen potentially is 
Yeah, back to Cuba, most likely. I mean, that was kind of an up-and-coming destination that got shut down, and there was a lot of interest there. And I think that's probably one thing that would be under consideration, maybe for the future, for anybody that wants to go back there. And the cruise ships had plans to go there. Virgin Voyages had plans to go there. So that's just one aspect of how that might shake out. Who knows? Speaking of Virgin Voyages and cruising, I mean, there's another topic that we need to touch base on. We do. Yeah, that happened too. So as you guys know, we've talked about it in our past podcast about the status of the cruise industry and where that stood. And if you remember, the cruises were shut down basically by the CDC and under a no-sale order. That has changed. And that no-sale order has been conditionally rescinded. The cruise lines still have a lot of work to do in terms of preparation and meeting all the requirements. But bottom line is that in 2021, at some point, likely early in 2021, let's say February, March timeframe, the cruise ships will be out there sailing again. You had uh, conversations with Vicki Freed from Royal Caribbean, and you shared that information with us. And what I'm confident about, and I think that the cruise lines have a tough uphill battle to really win back new consumers. But I think the traditional cruisers that cruise with them, they're chomping at the bit to get on a ship because they know the experience. And having been on cruises myself is that they got a bad rep at the beginning of the year, okay? But who didn't? I mean, we nobody knew what you're dealing with. But I mean, the processes that they're putting in place for the health and safety of cruisers is second to none. And I mean, you really can control. They're looking, I think Vicky is acknowledging that they're looking to control the experience. And they got, what'd they say, like eight doctors on board nowadays? Yeah, they have, you know, just all the doctors and they had pre-board testing, how cautious they're being with their staff. They have all the crew that has to pre-quarantine before boarding the ship and then all the testing for guests. And so they've had a lot of time to think this through. They've had some time to see what other destinations and resorts and what they're doing to provide a safe experience. And in talking to them, I think that They're really going through every possible contingency to make sure that they can provide a safe experience. So we're excited about that. Yes, absolutely. That is good news in the travel industry, man. Let's get back on the cruise. Let's get on on the the, the boat, man. Get back on the boat. I want to do it. That's for sure. So that is fantastic. That's kind of what's going on nowadays. So you know what? I don't know about you, but I really don't have a whole lot else to talk about. So what I'm thinking is it might be time. You think so? I think it might be time. All right. Who is flying this plane? Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, who has the aloha spirit? I know I do. Oh, man, I'm getting it. Yeah. I'm getting it. No doubt about it. Well, wait, wait. Is your aloha hello or goodbye spirit? Which one are you talking about? (laughs) I think it's definitely hello. Okay, good. Just want to make sure we're checking out on me. So speaking of hello, we want to say hello to Robin Basso, our very good friend from the Hawaii Visitors and Convention Bureau. So awesome to have you. Awesome to talk about Hawaii today with you. And welcome to Two Times Talk and Travel. Right. First off, we're going to apologize for anything we eventually say, but <laughs> welcome to the show. It's our advanced disclaimer. <laughs> exactly. It's required. It's okay. Exactly. It's okay. Everything is allowed on an Aloha Friday. So anything goes. That, oh my gosh, for sure. <laughs> hey, so Hawaii is open for business. A few weeks ago, we got the news and Hawaii is in the reopening phase and welcoming visitors again. So how is that going? It's going really well. Obviously, we had to really prioritize health and safety for months, but after really analyze everything, making sure that we're implementing safety processes to make everyone feel safe and comfortable. Hawaii is such a desired destination. We were absolutely thrilled to be able to welcome visitors from the U.S. mainland. 
We continued to refine the arrival process as we weren't sure how many people were going to be arriving. But we've really gotten some wonderful kind of initial feedback about the process being not super complex and that, you know, the state's really kind of put steps in place really at every point of a, of a journey in terms of the airport, the hotels, activities, to really just make sure that people feel safe and comfortable with social distancing. And so we're really excited because there's been so much pent-up demand and people were so excited to open as we were as well, as we are a destination that's known for years of welcoming visitors from around the world. So it was super difficult to really kind of take a step back and not say, sorry, you're not invited. All of a sudden you're like, sorry, you're not invited. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the Aloha spirit, Tom, but it was very difficult, but we knew we had to make that difficult decision in these unprecedented times. So we're just super excited and we're getting more and more visitors every day. So we're just thrilled that people can experience the beauty and everything the islands have to offer. I have a question for you is, do each of the islands have different protocol for visitors? We're trying to create some consistency. So, but Hawaii as a state has certain mandates, right? Where they have to do the pre-testing 72 hours prior. And then each island is actually its own county. So some of the counties have decided to implement additional protocols. And the great thing is we've got all this information on our website which we work hand in hand with Department of Health, Department of Transportation, with the individual island mayors to make sure that when they go to the gohawaii.com site, that the statewide information is there as well as individual islands. The protocols don't vary that much, but... What would the most difficult island be to go visit? Let's put it that Let's start backwards and say, (laughs) what would the most difficult island be to visit and why? Well, it's not really difficult. So I will say that every island, you have to do the pre-test 72 hours prior. When you come over, if you're going to... So for right now, if you're going to the island of Hawaii, which is nicknamed the Big Island, they're trying to be very cautious and kind of have an extra little safety net for the pretest. So they're actually requiring an additional test upon arrival. Now, it's a complimentary test, so visitors don't have to pay for it. But that's the only island that right now, if you're if you're coming from the mainland, you're going to the Big Island, they're requiring not only the pretest, but a test upon arrival. So when you talk about difficult, it's not necessarily difficult, but there is that extra step to really ensure the safety of the people on the island. And that's why I asked the question in that way is like, what's the most difficult and knowing it wasn't that difficult, you know, that just kind of shows it that the way we travel now has changed. Yeah. We know that. And yeah, the testing's, you know, but people are getting used to it. This is the way we move. I think. And also too, as long as people don't know up front and they can plan for it, you know, they can talk with their travel agent about it. The agents can advise in advance so people can prepare. I think as Tom said, we're all kind of getting used to that. It's like, hey, you know, I want to go on vacation, but I know that there are certain steps that I'm going to have to follow or some extra maybe requirements that are out there that I'm going to have to take care of before I go. So I think we're all learning to live with that. And yeah. it seems like it's working really pretty good. Along those lines, you know, I know earlier in the month, was it, I believe, United started doing the testing in San Francisco airport on the way to Hawaii. Yes. Do you have any feedback or any information on how that went and what's happening with it? Yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up because as we started rolling out the program, the most important thing is that when someone gets a test, it needs to be that within that 72-hour window of departure, but also it needs to be from a trusted testing partner. So there's a list of those partners on our website. And again, this is when a travel advisor comes in so handy because you guys are the ones that have all those specifics. 
So we continued to add to that list. So first it was just mainland-based partners, but now a lot of the airlines have come on board to offer rapid testing at the airport. So it's a way that if somebody is concerned about getting the results back within that window, it kind of eliminates that a little bit more convenient. And I was just on a webinar yesterday with a colleague of mine that works for a tour operator and he was broadcasting live from Maui. And so he did the test at SFO on United and he said it was incredibly easy, incredibly organized. The process even leading up to it where he got the email confirmation. And I think he had his results within uh, 15 or 30 minutes. So that process continues to evolve because obviously nobody had a playbook for what's going on right now. So you know, you implement things and then we're again, working constantly, not only in adding testing partners on the mainland, but also in Hawaii. Because if people are traveling between the islands, which most people do when they come to Hawaii, they want to experience a multi-island vacation. It's the same process when people are traveling inter-island is that there is an additional test required 72 hours prior to traveling to the next island. So we not only have those partners on the mainland, like the 72-hour ones, but also the rapid testing with many of our airline partners like Hawaiian, United, Alaska, American has started. And I foresee that continuing to grow. But we also have those partners in Hawaii that provide those tests for people that want to travel to more than one island on their vacation. We know that flight it's getting a lot of press these days about flying, how safe it is, how clean the air is and everything as well. How about when we're in destination? I know hotel companies such as like Outrigger. Outrigger, is, they're operating their clean commitment, which is an over-the-top, for lack of a better word, over-the-top cleaning service. It's designated, certified. I mean, Outrigger's got countless hotels throughout the Hawaiian Islands. And I'm sure other companies like Sheridan and whatnot have the programs as well. Just a little more familiar with the Outrigger one. But what are you hearing about the experiences in the hotels from people? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely hearing that everyone is feeling really safe and comfortable. We don't have statewide mandates, but a lot of the time it is like a chain. For example, like you said, Outrigger has got their standard throughout the islands. You've got maybe someone like Marriott that has a standard globally. So they're making sure that they've got the social distancing, the sanitization, and rules implemented such as like, okay, maybe if you're going to the pool, maybe like the pool is open, but they want to control the number of people in terms of capacity. So you might have to make a reservation for the pool chairs. Things like that, they're all implementing things. And also same thing on the activity and attraction front, museums and zoos and things operating at 50% capacity. There's all these kind of ways that the destination overall are really implementing things to not only ensure the safety of the visitors, but also the visitor industry employees, the local residents, because that's really key to make sure everybody feels comfortable and, and safe with the entire process. So That's great. A lot of people overlook and forget about the, the employees' safety and whatnot. I mean, let's face it, when you're on vacation, you tend to be a little selfish about things because you've earned it and you're working about it. But it's great to know that companies like Outrigger are doing and making a, a safe environment for the vacationers as well as employees. So that's great. Absolutely. Agreed. Absolutely. No doubt. I'm so glad that you mentioned the inner island process because that's so important. You know, one of the great things about Hawaii, and I've been there maybe six or seven times over the years, and I need to get back soon. Ooh, pardon me, six, seven times. <laughs> Hawaii. Hey, I'm a traveler. At least I try to be. They're the boy. I was there once and it was over 30 years ago. But what I love, even for our clients, you know, honeymooners and families and things that are traveling to Hawaii for vacation is the ability to have a very diverse vacation. You might fly into Honolulu and then the next step of your journey might be Maui or Kauai or the Big Island and the ability to do lots of different things that you might not be able to do in another destination. You might be able to see a volcano or if you're an avid golfer, there's lots of great golf courses. 
the chance to just have a really in-depth cultural experience. So that's one of the things I love about Hawaii. And you really do have to do the inner island route to see all of it. It's not a destination where you can go for three nights. Oh, right. right. It's not a weekend <laughs> no, getaway. No, no. Get, it's funny because from the Chicago area, we get people say, I'm like, you know, no, you're not going to Hawaii for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what I, one of the things I love about it, you know, kind of getting down to what Hawaii is all about, the friendliness of the people there. I mean, there's nothing better than a lay greeting, right? <laughs> just the smell of the flowers mm-hmm. and just the whole ambiance. It gets you into the Hawaii Aloha vacation mode as soon as you walk off the plane. And I think that's what people really remember and what they are looking to experience when they come to Hawaii. And it's funny too, and I haven't been, like I said, it's been over 30 years and we sell a lot of it. So I almost say my agents have been going and coming, they're certified Hawaii experts. So I feel like I've been keeping in touch with it. But the thing I found, and Robin, correct me if I'm wrong, that is kind of a subtle feeling that you really don't plan on is the royalty history. The history that there's a royal family and that you're looking around and you're like, oh my God, these islands were operated and mm-hmm. governed by a royal family. And it's, for an American, it's kind of a weird thing to experience. So yeah. I'm assuming that's still very prevalent in... Oh, absolutely. And that's such a unique thing about Hawaii is that just the fact that you have a destination that's part of the United States, right? But the most remote island chain in the world, this exotic South Pacific culture, and Hawaii is the only state that was once a kingdom. So you can actually visit three royal palaces in the islands and really find out what it was like when the elite ruled. And you can do docent-led tours of these um, palaces. And it's very much alive, not only the royal culture, but the South Pacific culture. And there's really been an incredible renaissance and resurgence of it because we know that that culture is something that sets Hawaii apart from any destination in the world. Like you can go a lot of places and have sun and beach and warm weather and palm trees, but where else you can visit royal palaces, right? You can experience this incredibly rich South Pacific culture. So it offers so much more. And and I always say it's so much more than sun, sand, and surf. It's the culture. It's the diversity. It's the gorgeous natural environment, the wide open spaces, and a lot of things that people are looking for coming out of this post-COVID type environment. Top yeah. domestic destination. People want to travel domestically coming out of here. And you know what? It's the best combination because you have your domestic land, you're on U.S. soil, you know that the health system and everything, you know you're comfortable with it all. Yep. But yet from Chicago, it's eight hours, man. It's yeah. literally an international flight feel. Yeah, right. but you don't need a passport. But you don't need a passport. Correct. I highly <laughs> suggest everybody get one though. Yes. Let me go back yeah, and say for that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a really good point. And same on your, your side, Robin, is just an understanding of, when you go to Hawaii, working with your travel advisor to really build an amazing itinerary. And in a lot of cases, unlike maybe Mexico or Caribbean vacation, a big percentage of people that go to Hawaii have a rental car, yes, right? Because absolutely. there's so much to see and do. Yes. You want to get out. Yeah, the Mai Tais are good. We love them. <laughs> but hey, you know what? You got to get out and see. You got to get out and adventure. And you know, a lot of times people rent the convertible, oh, yeah. kind of hit the True. road and you explore. It, right? And you're comfortable and safe. That's, That's huge. huge. That's phenomenal. Exactly. I mean, very few people do that in Mexico, Jamaica, Dominican. Right. right? But in Hawaii, it's expected. And the, the cool thing is, the reason it's expected is, yes, we got great hotels and resorts. But you know what? There's a great beach bar down the street. There's a great right. golf club on the other side of the island. It's very diverse beach compared to the one you're on. I mean, yep. get out and experience it. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, I always tell people that Hawaii is so much more than a resort experience. 
it is a true destination experience. And that's why there's no all-inclusive resorts in Hawaii. And that's a good thing because you can experience the local mom and pops and the beach bars and the snack shacks, and you can get in your rental car and go off the beaten path and explore your leisure. I mean, that's the beauty of it. You can enjoy the incredible resort, but there's so much more just outside the door that you have that freedom and flexibility and safety to just get out and enjoy everything you can. So it's a very unique destination. Absolutely. One of the things that I find really unique about Hawaii is that you can actually mail a coconut. (laughs) Did you know that? You can do buy a coconut <laughs> and mail a coconut to somebody. It's actually coconut postcard. That's exactly it. That is true. I'm like, no way. But yes, there's. Yeah. Have you ever received a coconut, Robin? I have not. Now I feel bad about it. <laughs> I will give you my address. When you get back to Hawaii, I'm going to give you my address. I expect a coconut in the mail at least seven to 10 days from when you arrive. Okay. I will make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Also, too, I can just envision like two toms on surfboards. I would think we could we could do some major damage on, on the that. beach, right? We're sitting on the beach with them. We are not floating oh, yeah. out in the water on those suckers. We what are could just, go wrong? What could go wrong? That is a whole podcast. Hanging ten with the toms. Hanging ten with the, oh, that would be awesome. And called hanging twenty. No doubt about it. Well, one thing that we wanted to make sure that we pointed out to our listeners is that if you really want to get a feel for. Hawaii. And if you really want to learn more and get inspired and get motivated before you reach out to your travel advisor, the gohawaii.com website, in fact, I was just on there this morning, has this really great series of videos called Hawaii Rooted. And they're just like two to three minutes, right, Robin? Yeah, they have, yeah about two, two and a half minutes. They've got some shorter versions too, but yeah, mostly between two and three minutes. But it really gives you such a great feel for the people, the culture, some of the tours and attractions and just really what Hawaii is all about. So we definitely encourage all of you to, you know, jump on gohawaii.com, check out the videos because I guarantee you if you do, Hawaii is going to rise to the top of your bucket list in a big big hurry. So <laughs> highly recommend. Well, you that. also have the YouTube video. We talked a little bit about the YouTube's channel. Yeah, video, yeah, I know we youtube.com slash go Hawaii. So we've got all those videos there. We've actually added some new videos as of late and they're they're beautifully done. And what's really amazing when Tom was referring to the Hawaii Rooted, these are all local people of Hawaii. There are ambassadors and there's anyone from a humu hula, which means a hula instructor or surfers or chefs. And they're talking about things that we think we know a lot about, right? We've seen hula with the coconut bras and the cellophane skirts, but it's so much, no comments for the time. No, I'm kidding. But it's so much more. <laughs> took us both a lot to not say I anything. I know. I had to stop it right there. No, but it's about the deeper meaning and, the, and what really is the long-term commitment and what Hula is really about. So it really gives you that deeper insight into the authenticity of the people and the culture. So they're, they're beautifully done. And like Tom said, if you see these, you're going to be like, I got to get there and experience this myself. There are very few destinations that are captured on video as well as Hawaii. Like you said, if our listeners out there don't tune into this, then they have no desire to see natural beauty or to travel or anything. Because even if it's in your bucket list five years from now, go to these sites, check it out, because I guarantee it'll move your bucket list up a few more years. And I want you to know, I said, I haven't been there in 30 years, but my 30th wedding anniversary is coming up in May. And my wife promised my wife for our 30th anniversary, we're going to Hawaii. So I'll be hitting it this May. So... All right. And you know, Tom, that Outrigger does uh, complimentary bow renewals. So you can do a little oh, bow I've done renewal. a couple of those before. So <laughs> that's great to know. I, our friends at Outrigger, I will definitely have to connect with them and uh, get something into works. Wait, <laughs> then my kids might think they're going. No, they're just the two of us. Okay. 
Well, Robin, thank you so very much. I can ask two last questions sure. before we let you go. Yeah. One, if you were to give a quick hit description of each island, give it to us right now for our listeners. Okay. And that's the amazing thing. Each island has its own unique personality. So Kauai is all about rejuvenating, right? You get off the plane and you just go, ah, it is unspoiled natural beauty, incredible outdoor activities. It's about escaping the busyness of everyday life and relaxing and enjoying natural beauty. You go to the island of Oahu, it's energizing, it's contemporary, it's iconic. The coolest thing about Oahu is you have this town and country atmosphere. So you have the town, which is the only kind of true urban experience in Hawaii with Honolulu and Waikiki and shopping, dining and nightlife and a beautiful beach, but all the backdrop of a tropical island where you can get out and hike and experience the natural beauty. You go over to Maui, you've got beautiful resorts and golf courses, but a lot of small town charm with the beautiful upcountry area, incredible golf, incredible activities, very laid back feel. And then you go to the incredible island of Hawaii, the big island, and it's all about diversity, exploration, and contrast. People go there and they want their kind of experience of a lifetime. They want those once in a lifetime Instagramable moments. There you can see anything from black lava rock, to cattle ranches, to a smoldering volcano, to stargazing from a snow-capped mountain. So truly, all the islands, when you do a multi-island vacation, the great thing is you can have so many unique experiences, but also because there's so much to offer and because it's such an investment in time and money, I always encourage you to work with a trusted travel advisor because they know it, they've been there, and they can really craft. It's not a cookie-cutter experience. It's custom to what you really want to do because there's so much to see and the islands are so diverse that it's really important that, that someone understands what you want out of vacation and they can really craft that up for you. Fantastic. That's awesome. a great hit. Now, my last question, and then <laughs> we'll let you get on with spreading the love of Hawaii. <laughs> What's the name of the national fish? Oh, that would be the umu umu nuku nuku wapu wa'a. <laughs> That's what I thought. That is fantastic. Is that 13 U's or 10 <laughs> in that? you spell that, please? <laughs> no. It'll be longer than her ABC voice testing before we started, if you had to. Correct. Say it one more time, Robin. One more time. Okay, it's the umu umu nuku nuku wapua'a. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen. We will say aloha. We will all proceed to hang loose and enjoy the rest of our Friday and say thank you so much, Robin Basso, Senior Director of the Hawaii Visitors and Convention Bureau. Thank you for being with us. That was fantastic. Thank you, Toms. Aloha on this beautiful Aloha Friday. Aloha. <laughs> Mahalo. Bye. Take Thanks. care. Man, I'm just always blown away. Yep. I'm too. always blown away by, I mean, one, Robin's energy. We promised everybody at the beginning of the show that, hey, it was going to be there and there's no doubt about it. And I am even more excited for my 30th wedding anniversary. Hopefully I don't screw it up between yeah, now and no, because I, I got to go to Hawaii. Happen. Yeah, she's fantastic. Well, she really has so much energy and so much knowledge, and it's really just a pleasure to have her on the show. And for our listeners out there, if you haven't been to Hawaii, if that's been something that you've always thought about and you haven't quite taken the step to look at Hawaii for your next vacation, it's definitely something that you have to experience. Like I said, I've been there a few times, and it really is a special feeling. It has a special vibe that I don't think you can find in many other places. I went for work when I was a young travel agent. Literally, I was thinking about this 32, maybe 33 years ago is when I was there. And it wasn't on my bucket list. I wasn't sure. My boss, my uncle said to me, he's like, hey, we're sending you to Hawaii. I'm like, okay. I was Do 19 I or 20, to? right? I wasn't even old enough to drink at that time, right? And they send me off to Hawaii. And I remember 
getting off and we went to Maui first. So we went Maui and then to Oahu. And I remember getting off the plane in Maui and just standing there. And the beauty and the smell and everything is just amazing. But I just remember thinking, holy cow, I'm in the middle of the ocean. Yep. Yeah, I mean, these are small islands. And, and it just, I was awestruck by it. And I can't even give you a reason why I haven't been back in so long. But I'm looking very forward to sharing that experience with my wife in May. We're going to do it right. But geez, it just is something special. Yeah, no doubt about it. So yeah, it was great talking to her and it is very inspiring. And same thing too for me, you know, just getting a game plan so that you can get it in the mix. Because as we talked about, it's not a three-night getaway, right? It's something that a seven-night minimum, at least you know, maybe a little bit more if you're going to experience all that it has to offer. That's a great thing to say because Robin had said it. She goes, it's just not a sun and fun and beach destination. And we've said this on the show, coming out of COVID, people want a more authentic experience. They're not necessarily looking to lay around and get drunk by the pool or just sit on the beach all day. They want to get out. You had said it in the interview, get a car, drive around. And Hawaii is so much more than just that sun and fun. So if you're in sun and fun, I mean, luckily, really, the only thing opening up right now in the immediate future are sun and fun destinations. Yeah, We say the rest of the world is slowly opening up, but right now... If somebody's listening and is thinking, geez, I'm just really freaking out. I don't know where I can go or what I can do. I mean, Mexico, Caribbean, that's it. That's where you really want to go in the next few months because it's safe. It's open. I don't know what your feeling is. We talked a little bit about our Mexico trip, but... Yeah. No, same thing. And we can add Hawaii to that list and soon we'll be able to add the cruises to that list. And, you know, if we take it slow and everybody does their job and kind of stay focused on things... We always talk about traveling safely. We always talk about the importance of working with your travel advisor to make sure you have the latest and greatest on what all the travel requirements are. So, you know, want to always stay focused on that. But that, my friend, is episode eight. You know what that means? We got to get hard to work for episode nine. Yeah, we're going to have to. It's going to be hard to beat today's conversation. We'll come up with something. Yeah, we're going to have to think hard about that one. So That is true. Well, Tom Carnes, Lamakia Travel. Tom Russo, Sensational Beach Vacations. Thank you so much. And thanks to all of our listeners. We greatly appreciate doing this and we appreciate your time. Yes, we do, everybody. Thank you. Be good. Be good.